On behalf of the NHL, I want to tell you how thrilled we are to return to the state of hockey. It's obvious we never should have left. Minnesota, welcome back to the NHL. In the state of hockey, we skate the frozen ponds. We live the game. Welcome from the state of Minnesota, the state of hockey. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's attendance is 18,815. Our 27th consecutive sellout. Wildwood winning the faceoff here. Here's Spurgeon going to work. Right circle. He scores! Spurgeon scores! Takes a look. Here comes Dumba. Back Dumba off the bench. In front. Scores! And Dumba has won it for the Wild. Hit by Spurgeon. Up comes back the other way. Fiala's in for Minnesota. Fiala puts to the middle. Wait, score! You're listening to the Wild Takes Podcast. Presented by 10,000 Takes. Welcome to the Wild Takes Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. As always, we are powered by 10,000 Takes. We thank you very much for listening, and we hope that you are having a terrific time uh, whenever you are listening to this. I am Dev. With me, as always, is my exhaustedly attractive co-host, Zooch. And Zooch and I are just going to go right straight to... Our guest, a very special guest, who we think you are going to uh, love and appreciate. And without further ado, the state of hoppy. Our next guest is a very special guest. He is a barley soda sommelier, a diehard Penguins fan, the co-host of the Soda Pod on the Hockey Podcast Network. It's the state of hoppy himself. Hoppy, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man, and thank you. That's the most words anyone has ever dedicated in my direction. <laughs> well thank you I'm, I'm glad uh glad you appreciate it and we're excited to have you on man thanks for thanks for joining us I know it's I know it's your bit and I know that uh this is you know not your show but I am curious just because I I know that you're drinking something what are you drinking boys we are drinking a beer called rational gaze this is from falling knife um delicious delicious beer a little bit more if if you're into IPAs, because I know that's apparently the big debate right now that's raging with uh, anyone that follows 10K. If you're into IPAs, give this one a try. If you're into more of the tropical, a little bit more citrusy type IPAs, it's not overly aggressive. Um, cool thing with Falling Knife, though, like this can is like one of the four in the pack. And mm-hmm. like another can just looks completely different. Like they just totally flop around their their can art. So oh, if you're into that cool. kind of stuff. Hey. That'll throw that'll throw you off after you have had like three or four. Well, dude, throwing me <laughs> off after one. <laughs> well, um, fortunately, the beers tonight are celebratory beers because our good friend Kirill Kaprizov has brought home the Calder Trophy for the first time in the Minnesota Wild's long and storied history. I mean, we all knew this was coming, but at the same time, I feel like everybody's buttholes were real clenched right up until. Uh, about 635 um, and you know Gary Bettman and the uh, the NHL announced that it's officially official with 99 out of 100 first place votes 
which is the correct, it's, you know, the correct response. Agreed. He was the clear winner. I mean, I don't really, there could, there was a case made for Jason Robinson, but he didn't completely change the trajectory of a franchise just by himself being here. So yeah. I think it was a pretty obvious choice. So, well, Minnesotans have said that about two other times this year with their rookies. They thought Ann Edwards was a fucking shoo-in to win rookie of the year and lost to Lamella Ball. And they thought Justin Jefferson deserved it over Justin Herbert, but we got uh, we got the third one, and that's yeah. all that matters. Third right? time's the charm, right? I suppose. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the Ant versus Lamelo was never a sure thing, just because Lamelo had a lot more hype, even though Ant was the first overall. Well, that's, that, well, that's ESPN's golden boy. He, yeah. he makes an assist in their post in the highlights. It's like, okay, yeah. I mean, that was never a that was never a done deal. And you know what? He actually did play well. That one was pretty competitive. The yes. Justin Jefferson, He's, Justin Herbert battle. I mean, we all kind of knew that was going to play out that way as well because yep. quarterbacks are, it's, it's basically who's the best rookie quarterback unless right. everybody totally sucks. And then it's who's the best rookie defensive end. So, I mean, I mean we, we knew, knew that one was coming, but yeah. Ant definitely <laughs> surprised us for sure. Yeah. Well, it surprised me. I mean, LaMelo played 20 less games than Ant. That's, that's a whole lot of less games there. I don't really think, yeah, that one. It still doesn't make sense to me. But like I said, we got the third one. And now, the, you know, the nothingness that is the Twins, I don't think we're going to get many awards out of them. So, no. <laughs> Unless no. they continue this terror they're on, maybe. Who knows? I mean, we were all hoping that uh, Alex Kirilov would be in the running for awards yeah. or an all-star just so that we could have the Kirill and Kirilov yes. combination. He's good, but he's not rookie of the year good. Um, other quick, uh, quick notes. Um, well, Hoppy too, before we move on too much, I mean, you have to, you agree with us, right? That it was all but a done deal. I mean, yeah, it on paper, it absolutely should have been. And it was just funny to watch just collectively as Minnesota wild Twitter squirmed and like was kind of convincing themselves throughout the process that it was in fact, Carell that should win because mm-hmm. like you saw people were getting overly buttered. Cause like, there's normal Minnesota sports butthurt, and this was like defensive. I'm mm-hmm. gonna kill someone butthurt, and uh, I don't know. I was still like sitting here ready that if somehow Robertson did win, I was just gonna sit back and watch everything go ablaze. Oh yeah, wild Twitter would have burned. Oh yeah, and, and so you're. I'm picturing you now <laughs> as Nero sitting in the back watching it burn, just playing the fiddle and drinking your beer. It's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. And so, I, I got to give respect though to the one guy who didn't vote for him because that's like the shtick, isn't it? Like every year with the MLB Hall of Fame inductees, right? There's always one person that has to not yep. vote it. Mm-hmm. I don't know who it was, and people are gonna like pretend to be mad. Oh my god, calm down. I want to know who it is just so I can give him like a high five for being different. I want to know who it is. Uh, I definitely won't be mad because it, it, it is the least consequential thing ever, but I really love the idea of one of the voters just being like, fuck it. He's fourth. <laughs> like I mean, just 99 kinda... other people have yeah. him as the number one. And he's like, you know what? Nah, I, 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 I was watching a completely different brand of hockey this year. He's fourth <laughs> for me. I mean, I mean, we, it's probably going to wind up being like the stars beat writer or something. Um, More than likely, but it's yeah. Russo, <laughs> <laughs> which wouldn't surprise me either. Oh, uh, that would be stir the sh- stir the shit a little bit. He's doing whatever you can to make the best story. Yep. Well, I know, I know that uh, 
what is the I can't remember the gentleman's name, but Hoppy, you're you're a big Penguins fan, and there was a uh, a guy a couple of months back on he's a uh, reporter on the Penguins who was saying that Crosby uh, is a shoe in for the the heart this year, um, just because of what they what they've done. I can't remember the dude's name. Maybe you maybe you know because you're a little more tuned into that that There's... side of the world than I am. There's a couple of guys in Pittsburgh that were saying that. And I mean, it's one of those funny things, like completely unbiased. I totally get it. If you don't want to pick Crosby, I totally get it. If you don't want to pick Sullivan, but I almost feel like one of them needed to be in the discussion. If you're going to make some kind of argument for how they were coming into the year, not everyone even had them pegged to make the playoffs. And then they won the toughest division in the league with a lot, a lot of, key injuries so it's like you can either hate Crosby or you can hate Sullivan but I feel like you like gotta pick one of them to say okay this is the one that got him there and I'm I'm more on the Sullivan train personally I think he we can get into Dean Evison later if you guys want but I don't think he should have been a top three nominee for coach of the year personally I mean I got it because the the Jack Evans award or Jack Adams award has always been basically which team surprised you the most and not necessarily who did the who did the the best coaching job so I got it on on that side of things but I kind of agree with you I was fine I mean did, did Evis did Evison make Talbot a good goalie or make Kirill Kaprizov a good winger because those were the two differences from last year you could maybe make the argument that Talbot maybe but I don't I don't think I'm I'm not gonna try and make it fair enough <laughs> I'm just I, saying I think like, Talbot had more of uh the people in front of him I agree I mean, that's, he didn't that's, have a group of defensemen like that that probably at all in his career maybe no but my point is in comparison to Dubnik like I'm talking the jump in goaltending right yeah. oh yeah that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not no Everson no who made that happen to get no. them more wins it's okay Talbot stepped into a great situation played well, out of his anything, mind it's it's Garen for seeing Talbot and going like oh he'd be a good fit here I agree I, yeah. I could agree with that but everson has got a great pulse on his team. Again, Sullivan easily should be there. Top three if you see all the injuries Pittsburgh had. And yeah, you're right. Everybody was saying I, – I always go back and read old tweets like that, and everybody was shitting on Pittsburgh in the first maybe 15 games. They're like, oh, yeah, Wild, they have a great cho- – uh, they, they made a mistake for not giving the Wild their pick last year. All this other shit, I'm like, no. <laughs> it's probably going to work out for them oh. in, for the best. And it did easily. Oh, I mean – gave away I'll, the 25th pick. Hey, hand up. I hand up. All the injuries started mounting there. They were at one point uh, like sixth in that division, like 10 or 10 or 12 games in, um, which is still early, obviously. But with a shortened schedule, you start to wonder. Um, Injuries started mounting up. Uh, I think Malkin got hurt right around then. Sid was clearly not playing at 100 percent. You know, you start to see it. And so, you know, I'll hand up. I didn't think that they would actually be a lottery team, but I started tweeting it you know, start to manifest. I mean, that's fun though, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, deep down, I was like, they're probably going to figure something out and, and make it. I definitely didn't think they'd be the one seat or the, you know, win no, the division. I didn't either. I didn't no. think that that would happen at all, but I, in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, well um, the Rangers keep pissing away their like three goal leads every time that they play. So yeah. I guess if they just hammer that a couple more times, then, you know, here we go. Yeah. And I can tell you bookmark it every year. Like Pittsburgh is always the slowest team out of the gate. They suck for the first like month, month and a half of the season. And then they figure it out and then they make the playoffs and the world goes round. I think that's kind of a big part of why they lost to Montreal last year in that, whatever you want to call that bubble Mm -hmm. catastrophe. 
because they I mean, had they, so much they time took, off. They took so much time off, man, and they just lose all of it. And I don't know what like the chemical imbalance is there, but <laughs> they just can't put it together that quickly. But they always catch stride end of February all through March and hit the ground running when playoffs come. And I, I can't explain it. It makes no goddamn sense. But that's why everyone that has some kind of avenue for betting because Minnesota's bullshit um, – just wait until like mid late December. Odds will be shit. Bet on Pittsburgh. That's just how it works. I like it. Good pointers there for sure. <laughs> Something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can just kind of briefly touch over some of the other awards just because that's relevant. Um, it's no no surprise really that uh, Connor McDavid won the uh, the Ted Lindsay and the in the heart. Um, hooray. Ooh. a sweep is still pretty damn impressive even though like that's true real like every, every it was kind of viewed as consensus but there's always someone i mean just like kaprizov right like he mm-hmm. actually right. got 100 of the first place votes which is good for yeah. him and he deserved it honestly i mean what he did this year was incredible um especially because you are only factoring in the uh the number the, the regular season you don't have to factor in the fact that they kind of uh how you say got shit on in the playoffs. Um, well, they, they shit the bed. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they shit the bed hard there. I mean, I don't think anyone saw it being a sweep for Winnipeg. At least I didn't see anybody saying that. So maybe, no. I mean, maybe um, some people thought that, but that just blew my mind. Everybody yeah. was so excited to see playoff dry sidle playoff McDavid and it lasted all of four games. So, Oh, that's because good. of playoff Smith. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, they got to I mean, get more. They they, they got to get depth. I mean, it's kind of clear. Yeah, they Tyler Ennis is still playing on that team. We've touched on that before, but yeah, you got to yeah. find some depth. There's got to be other people. You can have they, <laughs> what top two point scores this year. I mean, yeah, what the fuck, and they bow out in four games. Yeah, it's tough. It's just kind of laughable. Yeah, um, Norris Trophy, Adam Fox, um, kind of a surprise. Uh, everybody kind of, I feel like everybody kind of assumed it was Victor Hedman's to lose, even though Adam Fox definitely deserved it. Um, I think it was the right call, but, um, again, not like a mind blowing surprise. I just feel like that was the one that people were kind of like, Oh, he might win. He might pull it off. Well, see, I thought Fox was like the guy, but I thought it might go to McCarr, not Hedman. Hedman, if you look at like the analytics and what went down this season, like we're going pure talent. Yeah. Hedman's probably the best defenseman in the league. Yeah, but he didn't have a great season by and large. By his standards, he had a pretty good season. But by by the the levels of of which I agree with you, he was definitely had a down year. Um, I, I McCarr's know. a boss though. McCarr's he is, unbelievable. Holy shit, he's going to be nominated every year as long as he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. He's unbelievable. I heard um, on uh, the Thirty One Thoughts podcast uh, uh, from today uh, they we're hypothesizing that he's going to get somewhere in the eight years, 9 million per range, possibly higher. Um, kids, unbelievable. Uh, I mean, that's no surprise. He's been good since literally his day de- debut in the playoffs. Yeah. And he somehow keeps getting better. It's going to be interesting to see what Colorado can do. I mean, they, they got a lot of people to sign back there and, I don't know how the cap space is going to work for him. 
Yeah. They're going to lose a good defenseman somewhere there. I mean, they can't keep all those. They've got like nine of them, them so them it's not a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when, right? yeah, when, when you've got Bowen Byram as your seventh defenseman coming off on, on his ELC. Yeah. yeah. And when you can afford to give up a guy like Ian Cole for Greg yeah. Patterson just one for one, I think you're pretty good on the back end. Yeah. They you're didn't gonna, give a shit. Okay. They, they turned around and traded him for Devin Dubnik, got a backup goalie. They're like, okay, we win here. This is a, a, we win this trade. I think the big thing for them is, and I'm trying to pull it up right now as I filibuster, but the the big question mark is when does Johnson come off the books for them? Because that's big ticket and a guy that, I mean, he's probably a great locker room guy, good leader, but he's not moving the needle. No, No, there's, I don't think there's a spot for him at this point. They got way better options going on there. Uh, Next year, the end of 23. You barely beat me to it. I had I had their cap friendly page already queued up. I just had to find the right tab. <laughs> See, I had to find them on cap friendly. I thought they would be in the bottom, and then I'm like, oh, can't find them. And then they were somewhere in the middle. I, I was looking up their cap friendly situation the other day because somebody mentioned the Nathan McKinnon contract, and I I knew it was good, but I I didn't realize how good it was. You have one more year or two more years of McKinnon at six point three, which. It's fucking unbelievable. And then goodbye money. Yeah. And then after that, your window is probably dead. Uh, if we're just being honest. I mean, you look at the guys they have coming off the books though. You got a Nazem Kadri, you got an Andre Burakovsky right there. That's almost 10 mil. They and got the those space. Are, like they can find ways to make it work. It's just like, this was their year. They right. really botched that. Yeah. This was the, this was, this was the year. And you could maybe make the argument next year if they think that, certain you know the guys that they're going to be losing you know like your cadres your burkovskis uh both goalies if you think that you can get that level of play and potentially on a you know a better contract then you know maybe you have another year or two but i agree this was the year and you'll never see me shed a tear for the abs fans but uh (laughs) well hey let's turn the tables here then i I need both of your opinions because i'm very strongly opinionated on this what do you think about the tampa bay lightning and their cap situation Dude, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. I mean, 18 mil, that shit ain't going to fly next year. There's no what do you, way. What do you think about it right now? It's bullshit to me. I mean, how can you be 18 mil over the cap in the regular season and then go, oh, yep, this guy was injured and then just so happened game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, he's 100% healthy. Let's get him out there. Oh, see, I, I disagree. Know, I used to feel a little bit more that way. And then somebody, I forget who, might have been you, Hoppy, pointed out that when the Blackhawks did this six or seven years ago, Posa um, and all those fucking they dogs. were they were like five million over the cap, and that off season, one team and one team only came out and said, "Hey, maybe we should fix this loophole that the Blackhawks just exploited to beat all of us," and that team was the Tampa Bay Lightning, where you lost to them in the finals, right? And everybody was just like, "No, you guys are being salty. We're going to keep this low open." And Tampa said, "Fuck it." fuck you if you can't beat them join them and then they <laughs> fucking did so i i get why people are annoyed by it and upset by it but no, you shouldn't be blaming the lightning for that you should yeah fix the rules yeah that's, well that's, yeah i mean uh, there's say, bigger issues than just the lightning doing it obviously but yeah for sure it's Plenty. it is it is just kind of just yeah but especially uh, when you got the, the fucking canadian i mean i was all fired up on the bandwagon last week but that game one <laughs> You're a Montreal fan. You're kind of you're thinking in your head, "Oh God, 
Well, here's did, the did thing. Did you want to get this far just to get steamrolled in this fucking series? Here's they the did thing. not look like they belonged at all. I agree. <laughs> any asset. I agree completely. Not good. They looked horrible. I honestly, I thought Price actually looked pretty good, it's which is game. a weird, weird thing to say. Yeah, it's when a, you exactly. Give up five. It is um, one game. It's one game. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good. I thought that the the team in front of him did not look good. It is one game. And I went back, I heard this stat, and this time I actually did fact check it because I've been criticized in the past for for hearing (laughs) something and and not fact checking it. I did go back and check. The last three Stanley Cup winners lost game one of the Stanley Cup finals. The dream is alive, baby. It's alive. On, you know what? Dad, alive. You, you, I mean, but they, they just didn't look good. That's all. I'm they look like shit. They if that's how, I mean, you can't. You got to fix something. But uh, yeah, the dream is alive. Oh yeah, it's it's only game one. We saw the uh, Knights get absolutely pummeled in a game one. They still won the series in six, so it's not yeah. over. I'm just saying they definitely don't feel great as a Montreal fan. You're kind of like, Ooh, yeah, Jesus Christ, these guys kind of blew the doors off the place last night. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> Well, and Dev, you brought up the H word, that being Hosa. Um, never have I been more pleased than watching him walk on Pittsburgh for a one-year deal in Detroit mm-hmm. to win a cup and then watch him cry <laughs> as Pittsburgh wins. If he had lost with Chicago, I'm pretty sure he would have retired on the spot, right? Which is, but, I mean, not far off of what actually happened. No. <laughs> it was yeah, like a, we, we, <laughs> that, was, that was mean. That was mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> but now, now we got to talk about the elephant in the room. All right. He, three cup finals in a row, took one. Pat, Pat, baby. Is, is, is Pat Maroon better than Marion Hosa if he gets three in a row out of three? I, I don't know. How do you argue that? <laughs> I don't it's, know, it's man. That's a, it's a wild stat, though. Yeah. So I read, so I read something and I have, I did the best I could to fact check, fact check this. It is true. It is true (laughs) in so far that fat Pat himself told people that it was true, but I read that he in high, in high school hockey, he fucked one of his teammates, moms. And when he, when the team found out, he said, that's right. I fucked your mom. I'm destined for greatness. So he, called his shot like 25 years ago <laughs> and was I, like here we go i'm doing this you kind of gotta respect it can't imagine the team morale was great on that team or it was incredible in, except for the one or, yeah, I mean, pro- hey hey man look what happened to rod brindamore after that whole debacle all right guy went hmm. on to win a cup with carolina now he's like the man in carolina he's dictating yeah. terms for all the other coaches he's gonna lead them to a cup here in the next five years and that all came after, yeah, we'll just say a similar debacle. I totally forgot about <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> uh, you should fact check it though first. <laughs> let's see. Yeah, let's make sure we're not. I, so I, I remember the, the story from that Canes team. I, I forgot that it was Rod Brindamore that was out well, there. No, it wasn't but, on the Canes team though. Well, it was, it was, I remember, sorry, I should, I should clarify my sentence. I remember hearing it from Canes Twitter. Got it. Um, because there was a similar situation with a player and a player and a different girlfriend kind of getting into it. And they were like, well, at least Rod Brindamore is a coach. And I was like, what's this now? Jesus Holy dude. shit. Oh, what a debacle. Cause that was, it was uh, Eric Lindros's uh, wife, right? Allegedly. No, no. That, 
So my understanding, allegedly, I will not yep, at all allegedly. have this come back to me because I have not fact check everything. <laughs> so the the story is that Lindros did things with Brindamore's wife. Brindamore beat the fuck out of him, and that's why he had concussion issues moving forward. And Brindamore is the one that got traded. That's right. That's a big slap in the dick. That's, I mean, no wonder he's uh doesn't exactly have a, uh, a soft spot for, for Eric Lindros. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> derailed. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I, I had forgotten that. I, I even fucked it up myself and I said it was backwards where I said he rod, rod the bod showed off his bod to uh, Lindros's wife, but it was the other way around. You're hundred percent correct. That is, um, that's my bad. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. 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 None of us are in the room. On the record here. <laughs> well um i have i have just one one quick question for you hoppy before we'll get to your your our final question and zooch if if you have anything else to add please feel free um it is well known in uh in the hockey world that uh you're a big marco rossi supporter you've got the ottawa 67s jersey hanging up right behind you at least i assume that's the ottawa 67s um similar colors and everything and He's coming over next year. What do you think that the future looks like for our good, beloved Austrian Marco Rossi, both next year and long-term with the Minnesota Wild? Uh, Next year, assuming that he is with the Minnesota Wild organization, I think that he is going to definitely have a big learning curve, not because of his ability or his hockey IQ, Dude just took more than a year off of hockey. It's not easy to bounce back from that. I do think that he's a guy that, I don't know, I'd almost even request that he goes down and plays with Iowa for a little bit just to get comfortable before bringing him up. But either way, this isn't a guy that I think is going to have a Calder campaign, but he could definitely finish the season strong and be a huge catalyst going into the playoffs, especially if he's playing with Fiala or Kaprizov. And, this is all so weird to talk about because we don't know if any of these guys are going to goddamn be here, but hopefully he's with one of those two in that yeah. scenario. And uh, yeah, I think long-term he's absolutely a top six and Hey, we hope number one center for the team. Right. But uh, yeah, I think everyone needs to temper expectations for the first season. Again, if he even remains with the squad. Oh, so in your hypothetical, if I'm assuming, and perhaps incorrectly, but I'm assuming that the only way he's not a part of this wild team is if he is a piece in some play to get a Jack Eichel level player, whether it's Eichel himself, level, um, yeah, Barkov, if he somehow becomes available, somebody like that. Yeah, it's going to have to be an elite center option if you're going to move a Marco Rossi, but again, like if that's out there as much as I love Marco Rossi and I celebrated when they, he fell to them and drafted them. You gotta look at it, right? Because there's still a lot of question marks with this guy. You don't know how he's going to bounce back from those health issues that again, took him off the ice for a year. You still don't know. He's a prospect. Now Yakupov just fluttered out of the league and he was a first overall pick, right? So there's no guarantees with any of this. I'm very, very optimistic with him, but if you can pick up an established bona fide number one center and he's a piece that you're moving along with draft picks, whatever, you got to do it. Yeah, I'll file that, that one under the hard pills to swallow. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was right there with you uh, on, it was on your podcast when uh, <laughs> we were all watching and the draft pick comes in and we see the Sabres take Jack Quinn right before. And we all kind of celebration hushed, basically started there. We all, we all start like hush toning being like, wait a minute, Marco Rossi is still on the board. They're not going to fuck this up. Right. Like this is like, clearly he's clearly the best pick, best player available. He's exactly what we need. And I don't know, six agonizing minutes go by and finally they walk out and they hold up the, uh, you know, the, the wild number one Rossi Jersey. And we're like, Oh, thank God. Thank God. Praise you. Praise everything. That's God. They're they're The hockey gods shined upon us on that beautiful, beautiful day. And that's why, that's why I choose to believe that uh, Marco Rossi was, was, was touched from the hockey gods to, uh, to assist in, in bringing, bringing this franchise to the promised land. Amen. <laughs> Well, like the positivity, I guess. <laughs> hey, man, it's really hard. It's really hard to be positive. We uh, we've we've been just beaten to. I, I, Hoppy, I don't I don't remember exactly how old you are, but uh, I think it's safe to assume that you were either not born or not old enough to remember the Twins World Series championships. I was an infant. Yeah. So, um, for the better part of thirty years. Minnesota sports fans have been just mercilessly beaten by anything and everything. Every little glimmer of hope uh, just gets absolutely shut down, massacred. And uh, it's just, it's not, it's not always been easy and not always been fun, but you know what? We already, uh, the way I say it, we already had our scare with Rossi and he appears to have made a full recovery. Um, I'm not a doctor, so I can't say for sure, but Everybody is saying that he is done. Um, his dad is posting these incredible videos of him like skating around and he looks just like a, like a great hockey player skating around. <laughs> I'm choosing to believe that the, the potential for terror and, and horribleness uh, regarding Rossi has already happened and we have nothing but green in front of us. And I'm sure that that statement will never come back to haunt me. Never. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Hoppy, we very much appreciate you hopping on the podcast ha 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 and we're gonna end this uh before you plug away on what uh what's new with you we're gonna end it the same way that we end it with every guest mr state of hoppy what is your wild take uh my wild take so just imagine the scenario where there's teams crazy as it sounds up against a flat cap that are gonna have trouble navigating the salary cap right sounds sounds very far-fetched i can't picture yeah, any it's, teams it's insane no. Now, now go even deeper now to a team that's three or four deep at established center depth would be craving a player like a, a Marco Rossi. Again, I need to preface this. I do not want him to leave. But in this scenario, I'm open to discussing it. Um, this team is has been dominant in recent years, like pretty happy with where they're at. Don't have any choice because they're, well, oodles and oodles of dollars above the salary cap not moving their captain who can slot over to center from wing what if i told you that they have to trade either Braden point or anthony sorelli because in a couple years they're going to be commanding big boy bucks yeah and what if i told you that one of the bigger fuck-ups in recent years from the Minnesota wild in trading one spot for a goddamn seventh round pick <laughs> could be redeemed. 
Yeah. Be redeemed. So what you're saying is that Bill Guerin should offer Louis Valpedio for Braden Point. <laughs> Straight up. Straight well, up. No, you got you got to you got to yeah. tie a seventh rounder to it. Oh, it right. Fair. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so but, Louis, I mean, Louis, so Louis Valpedio in a though, 22 for uh, 22 seventh. <laughs> but a lot of people like were clamoring for Anthony Sorelli, right? Like he yeah. could be a very real option. And guess what? If we give up enough, and I will give up ever they ask for i know dev you at least for sure know i love Braden point oh yeah i love him love him i love sure him. do i will give them whatever they ask for uh short of my wife and yes bring him here it would be incredible and i don't know but again if they aren't willing to part with him that means sorelli has to be the guy on the chopping block and i'll gladly take him for less Let's extort the Tampa Bay Lightning. I like it. I will say, I, I want to add um, Julian Brisbois, if you're listening, I will throw in Hoppy's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say we couldn't do that. For Braden Point, let's make a deal. Won't that be some shit? No, I dig it, though. Um, so Me too. What, what is a What does a Sorelli trade look like? Because honestly, I thought that, I thought that we were going to go for him hard last year. And we didn't because the bolts were, I guess, foreshadowing the Kucherov thing. Um, they, you know, they knew that they were going to basically time out the surgery so that he would come back uh, when it didn't matter. So they knew that they could get away with it for at least a year, which like, Hey, if, if you win a cup fucking worth it, totally get it. percent, hundred percent. Totally get it. That being said, it does seem like Sorelli and, um, I don't think point would ever be touchable, but if he is, you got to fucking do it. Uh, it it but, comes down to what you're willing to give, right? Right. So if you give a, 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 a tier one prospect, like a, like a Rossi or a Boldy, uh, I would imagine they'd probably want a center, but. Well, and that's why it's Rossi, right? Because right. it's not just a matter of the caliber of player. That's a premium to them to get someone on a three year ELC. Right. Who can probably slot in as their second line center. Right. That's a big deal for them. And that's a big moving piece of bringing in Sorelli or point. And if it's point again, you're going to be throwing picks at them. You're going to be throwing more pieces, but at the end of the day, I don't give a shit do that. Whether it's Dumba being taken in the expansion draft or trading him and at least getting something from another team. I don't care. We can make the cap work. That is a cornerstone first line center guys, 25 years old. He's going to go right into his prime there. What is it going to be 26 or 27 that he's going to sign the big ticket, mm-hmm. have him riding right along the whole time with Kuroka Prizov. That boy's not leaving Minnesota. If you have a Braden point in town. No, so if you have a top line of for, you know, theoretically it would be probably just chemistry wise Zuccarello point Kaprizov. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. That's that'll it. play. We'll do it a pinch. Second line of a, let's call it, Boldy Rossi Fiala third line. No, no, no. We don't have Rossi no, anymore. Oh yeah, that's right. Rossi. My bad. My bad. Rossi's My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Did I say my bad yet? Jeweler. Hey, in two in Jeweler. two or three years, maybe it's Susan Adinov, huh? The pissness yeah. of himself. God there bless. Go. Oh man, you're a man after my own heart. So, but um, I'm I'm curious though. Do you have an uh something in mind? Because I don't. I'm asking. Uh, I, I think Sorelli is a good player. Is he a good, good enough player to give up a Rossi? Cause I know you give up less. You obviously don't have to give up nearly as much uh, for point versus Sorelli. 
first off, yes, you do have to give up a Rousey because that's the only way they're going to move out one of those centers. If they bring in a center on an ELC that they Mm -hmm. can control, but man, it's way different than a point trade, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're talking Rossi first round pick and it's probably done. And Sorelli, does he have the like ceiling that obviously not a point, but even Rossi, like higher ceiling, but Sorelli is guaranteed. And he's one of those adaptable players, right? He could play first line if you needed him to. He can play third line with his style of play, very much like an Erickson act, right? Yeah. And that gives you a lot of flexibility as a team moving forward that whoever you pick up in free agency or whatever prospect pops for you, they can slot in wherever they need to. And, you know, Sorelli can fill in the gap wherever they need to. So I like those types of players. That's why I'm very, I mean, he'll probably cost too much, but Philip Deneau is a guy that I would want the wild to go after because he's very much the same elk can play first, second, third line. And, you know, if we didn't make a trade, right, we bring in Deneau, Rossi, let's see where he fits. Can he play first or second line center? Great. Then we'll fill in Deneau and Eck as needed. So it, it, it's nice having a versatile guy like that, but you are losing the ceiling of a Marco Rossi when you make that kind of a move, but you know what you're getting in an Anthony Sorelli, which is, let's be real, center stability that the Wild just haven't ever had. I can dig it. I don't, I don't, like I said, I believe that uh, Marco Rossi is, is the future here, but um, I, I want point more. I get Let's it. be clear. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if you can make point happen, I can live with that. Sorelli would be, he's a great player. I like him a lot. Um, I was, I was, like I said, I was in on him last year. I would be in on him again. Um, and yeah, it would just be, a, you know, um, a little bit of trepidation about the price, but as, uh, well, hey, hey, as a lot of the, people say, that's when you know that uh, it's probably a good trade. But they're also big on their Russians, right? Maybe they are interested in a Huznadinov. You give them a first round pick and something else, right? Because yeah. Huznadinov is not, will not be Rossi, no. but that, that's something that they might, they might consider that for, you know, a Sorelli again, point, sure. not even remotely up for discussion, but right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm okay going that route too. It's more just one of those two is going to have to move unless they can magically find a way to move Stamkos. And if they really want to send their center packing a la Marty St. Louis, which I'll still never forgive Eiserman for that snubbing, but <laughs> whatever. All right. I can dig it. That, uh, I think that would definitely constitute as a, a wild take. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your takes. Before you head out, my friend, Hoppy, where can uh, where can people find you? Plug away. Plug what you got to plug, my man. Any social media platform, podcast, whatever, you can either find us at The Soda Pod or at State of Hoppy. We don't take ourselves too seriously, folks. Like, we are not the experts. We very much like Dev and Zooch here. We come up with wild takes, ridiculous comments that you might not hear anywhere else. If you want to come and listen to different uh, brewers, taproom managers, brewery owners, we're your spot. Um, we occasionally have people that matter in hockey, unlike ourselves. I know coming <laughs> up here soon because I lost a bet to Mark Parrish and ended up having to promote Northland Vodka for several series in the playoffs. Yeah, it just ended. the Islanders beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, he's already told us he uh, appreciates the promotions. He'll be on soon. So we get lucky occasionally. <laughs> so, uh, hey, give us a try if you want, and certainly tell us if you think we suck. We love hearing it. Yeah, go chirp them. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a good time. You and you and Isha 
are a hilarious combo to listen to because I don't you you I don't think you agree on anything. <laughs> I try my best not to. Yeah, like Zuch <laughs> and I, Zuch and I tend to have similar takes, so we'll like play devil's advocate. But you two, genuinely, it's so <laughs> funny to listen to because whatever whatever Isha throws out, you'll just immediately be like, no. <laughs> someone's got to keep that boy in check there you go oh man well thanks for hopping on hoppy we uh, appreciate having you go listen to the soda pod have a great rest of your night man appreciate it boys thanks so much to the state of hoppy for joining us we definitely appreciate having him here and uh unfortunately because of a scheduling issue zooch is unable to join for the outro and give his wild take so we will make him give two next week uh to make up for it and and realistically probably not going to do that because that's not as uh not as fun as i like to think it probably sounds so i'm going to give one final wild take and then we're going to bid you adieu my wild take is that the winter classic that is going to be hosted by the minnesota wild uh, where we'll be playing the Blues on New Year's Day of 2022, is going to be the most lopsided victory in Winter Classic history. The previous lopsided uh, W is the uh, Stanley Cup favorites, Montreal Canadiens, beating the Boston Bruins 5-1. to one. Uh, and That was back in 2016. And so, yeah, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I'm predicting that the Wild are going to beat the breaks off of the St. Louis Blues. Um, part of this is because of the news that they're shopping around Tarasenko. They, they appear to be heading towards a rebuild, whereas the, the Wild appear to be heading towards an uh, opening of the cup window. So I am going to go full-blown homer, and that's going to be my call. That's my prediction. And my other side prediction of that is that uh, your boy will be in attendance uh, we'll be creating a bunch of 10k related, uh, content. So definitely make sure that you're a part of that and stay tuned because it would be very fun, difficult and expensive for sure, but very fun to do a winter classic cup snake as has become our number one bit. So with that in mind, I will say thank you for listening to the wild text podcast. Please give us uh like and subscribe and and all the other stuff that i'm supposed to say here at the end of it because it really does help uh help us grow the brand and you know what it also makes me feel good about stuff anyway thank you for listening have a wonderful day we'll see you next time on the wild takes podcast presented by Ten Thousand takes